Glad you're here. Haggai 2 and 6. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once more it is a little while, and I'll shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I'll shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. I've heard this preached a hundred ways, and every one of them was a wonderful sermon. There's no scripture, any private interpretation. But I've found something so fresh in this. I studied this the other night till up in the morning hours. And it's so simple. It's just, I guess it's one of my boys would say, it's kind of blowed me away. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than of the formal, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. I've probably heard this scripture quoted, shared, but I can't think of many full sermons I've heard on it. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than of the formal, saith the Lord of hosts. In this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Now let's read it real slow. The glory of this latter house. He said, he said there was, now this is Old Testament. He said there's two houses. He said there was a formal house and there's going to be a latter house. And he said the glory of the latter house shall be greater than of the formal, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace. In this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. What was the formal house? We go all the way back to Exodus 25 and 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Turn around and tell somebody God just wanted to be around his people. That was all it was about. There was a God that was lonesome. That angels who were almost, and I say this in all reverence, but angels who were almost robots. They didn't really have a choice. If they refused to worship God, they would lose their position. If the sun said, I won't shine, he wouldn't allow it. But he said, I'm going to make me a creature and I'm going to give it a choice to praise me, to live for me, to walk upright before me. I'm not going to force it. Man, man and women are the only thing that God's made that we can live contrary to what God created us to be and survive for a little while. God made the bird to fly. If the bird refuses to fly, a fox will get it or it won't be able to get to its next meal. He made the fish to swim in the water. If the fish says, I won't remain in the water, and it tries to get on land, it'll live about 8 to 12 seconds, and it'll start gasping, and it'll soon be gone. God did not create us to die with diseases and wars. and We were created to worship God. But man has turned from the worship of God even as far as to rebel against God. And yet God allows humanity to live and to survive. But God said, if you'll... Be my people and let me be your God. When the enemy comes in like a flood, I'll raise up a standard. When you don't know which way to turn, I'll make a way for you. When you face the Red Sea, I'll roll it back. When you go in the fiery furnace, I'll walk in with you. When you face the lion's den, if you'll just be my people and allow me to be your God. So God wanted to be among his people and he said, build me a sanctuary that I may 
dwell among them. The sanctuary was where God revealed himself. It's where sacrifices was made. It was where sin was forgiven. And the Shekinah glory rested. Hallelujah. It's where the high priest ministered. It was the Ark of the Covenant rested. It's where fire fell from heaven. It's where the urine, the thimble, the, the anointing oil, the Shekinah, the invisible glory, and the spirit of prophecy. So, so to save time, I want to I want to do about a four hour sermon in just just a little while. So to save save time, I'm going to go between the tabernacle and the temple. I, I I built this sermon and I had them separated. And then there's some things I wanted to go. So so I'm I'm going to go back to the to the tabernacle in the wilderness all the way up to Solomon's temple. And I'm going to share some things. And both of these were before. Hey, both of these are are the old order. They're 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 the formal reign. So some of the furniture we had, we had the lamps, the, the golden lampstand, the table of showbread. The, the priest would place 12 loaves of bread. The table was overlaid with gold. The altar of incense, the high priest burned incense every morning and night. Every corner had a horn. Once a year on the day of atonement, the horns of the altar, they were sprinkled with blood. And all this, we're going to look at each one of these, th- these different Furniture, we're going to talk about some of them. But all this is going on in the temple. And he said, there's going to come another. And he said, that's formal rain. And he said, there's going to be a latter rain. And this is so simple. I've just never, I'm just, I'm just so excited. But he, but, he, but he said, there's going to be a latter rain that's going to have more glory than the formal rain. And, then, and I know, I know that Jesus is not coming back for a dead, discouraged church. And, and I know everybody's not going to backslide. And I know that, that the, 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 even, I don't care how dark it gets, he said, when he returns, you'd find faith in the earth. There will, there will be faith. But, but this Bible, it's not about just me and it's not about you. This Bible is about one particular thing from Genesis to Revelation. And his name is Jesus. And if you find out anything in this Bible that makes any doctrine, any creed, any person, any group look better than Jesus, it's false doctrine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is false doctrine? Anything that's more important than Jesus is simply false doctrine. Anything that takes your eyes off of Jesus. Hallelujah. Anything that you get more excited about than you do Jesus. If you get more excited about some preacher, some group than you do Jesus, friend, you're going into error because anything that takes your eyes off of Jesus is sooner or later going to cause you to sink. But if you'll keep your eyes on him when you don't see him, when you can't feel him, when you... when when hell's raging, if you'll hold on to him. Hallelujah, if you'll just hold on to him. If you got something simple, what what is the latter rain? What is the latter house? The glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the formal house. I have friends, we preached everything, and I'm not saying any of it's wrong. There's no scriptures, no for it, but but it is so simple. You know what? The, I'm just going to go ahead and preach my sermon. Then we'll go back. You know what? The, the 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 formal house is the old tabernacle in the temple where the glory of God came to. It's where God met with man. It's where God came down to man. It's where miracles happened. It's where the glory fell. It's where forgiveness of sin was. You know what the latter house is in simplicity? It's the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's hallelujah, hallelujah. And the glory of the latter house is greater than the formal house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm getting ahead of myself. But the formal house, they'll go in there and they'll sprinkle blood for sacrifice. That's the formal house. The latter house will walk up and he'll say, thy sins be forgiven thee. Go and sin 
no more. Hallelujah. The lie, the formal house, the formal house once a year will kill a lamb and year and weekly other sacrifices are brought in. But the latter house was the lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. And Jesus is greater than all the thousands of lambs that were slain in the temple. Jesus is greater than all the lambs that were slain in the tabernacle. So the glory of the latter house is greater than the glory of the formal house. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. What was the tabernacle for? So God could dwell among us. What was Jesus for? Emmanuel. I wish somebody would say it out loud. So that the Lord could come and dwell among us. And we beheld his glory. Hallelujah. We beheld his glory. We beheld his glory. I'm going to get ahead of myself, but I just want to preach. They walked up to that old tabernacle in the wilderness, and they saw no glory. They saw a badger skin. They saw ram skin. They saw it, was, it wasn't all that pretty. They didn't see the splendor of gold. They didn't see the Ark of the Covenant. They didn't see the cherubims. Two angels with their wings pulled this way and this way over the mercy seat and the glory of God coming highly on top of the mercy seat. In between, They didn't see that all they saw. When they walked up and saw Jesus, they didn't see the glory of the Lord. They saw a carpenter's son. They, they, they saw... And I, it, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness that when we should see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. In fact, he's despised and rejected a man and a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we didn't want to worship him. We hid his out where our faces from him. He was deceived and stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression and he was bruised for our iniquity and the chastisement of our peace is upon him and by his stripes we are healed. There's nothing that happened in that temple or that tabernacle that could compare to what took place when the Lamb of God came to take away the sins of the world. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And this is what I preach. I don't know whether I'm going to get there today but this is what I want to preach. That Lamb that walked 2,000 years ago lives in you it's Christ in you the hope of glory it's Christ in you the hope of glory the hope of this world is not miracle deliverance tabernacle the hope of this world is not Anthony Wynn or Oasis ministry or Church of God or UPC or Baptist or Methodist or Catholic or Presbyterian the hope of this generation is from some men and women to take on the character and the nature of Jesus that latter reign that the glory of the Lord might be revealed in you that you could walk as he walked that you could love as he loved that you could reach as he reached that you could forgive as he forgive that you would have the burden that he carried Christ in you the hope of glory Christ in you deliverance for the drug addict Christ in you hope for the drunkard Christ in you hope for the backslider Christ inside of you Jesus reaching through you he don't want to reach through a cloud he don't want to reach through a pillar he don't want to reach through a burden 
bush. He don't want to reach to a fourth man of the fire. He don't want to reach to a glory cloud coming down. He wants to love the unlovable through you. He wants to reach the unreachable through you. He wants you to walk up and be his hands. He wants you to be his mouth. He wants you to be his heart that's beating. He wants you to reach. He wants to shine through you. He wants to throw flow through you. And it's not, it's not because we're Pentecostal or full gospel or Holy Ghost. It's not that, that, that we're going to be, the latter rain going to be great. It's going to be because you lay and you die that Christ might live. That you decrease that my Christ might increase. That you get out of the way that Christ might get bigger. We got, we live in a selfish generation. They want their own Adam nature and his glory. But the more of his glory you get, the less of your own nature you can keep. The closer you get to him, the less you want yourself. Sis, Debbie, is Bill up there? Bill, stand there and help me preach a minute. Stand there in the middle, son. How I love this family. He's up there making us some copies. Now, now this, this, this helps me so much. Let, let Bill be the Lord. And I'm just a little old man that's trying to get to the Lord. And, and now, now I'm, I'm, you don't like me saying this, but now he is so far from me, I'm almost as big as he is. He's so far from me. And, and boy, this is preaching good because all those bright lights are in the way. I can see a form, but I can't see no features. And I, I just quit drinking. I just got a needle out of my arm. And, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm doing pretty good. But the closer I get to him, the bigger he gets. And the closer I get to him, the more real he gets. And the closer I get to him, the less, the less I feel good about me. Because the bigger he gets, the less I, hallelujah. The closer I get to him, the closer I get to him, hallelujah. I realize I'm not that good, hallelujah. So you look around, you say, Brother Andy, I don't know what's going on. I was doing good. I was serving for the Lord. I was encouraged. And now all of a sudden I wake up and I don't like me and I don't feel good about me. It's not that you backslide. You're just getting so close to him. You're seeing him in a new line and you're seeing how frail we are and how weak we are and how much we need him. And the closer I get to him, I see him a little more clearly. I'm falling in love with him a little more. I'm wanting to seek him a little more. I want hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Bill, then this is what I, this is what I got to be careful long as the closer I get to you, I'm in your shadow. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This is where it's easy to get in false doctrine. You fall and you don't even mean to. You fall in love with him and you get close to him. And then you walk beyond and you're not in his shadow. You begin to cast your shadow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You fall in love with him and you start getting close to him. But if you, we got to learn to stop when the, when the glory stops. He said, follow the ark. Don't get behind it and don't get ahead of it. He said, only move when the ark moves. When he draws you, move. But when he stops and says, stop, just pray a while and worship a while. Would you give Bill a hand clap? Thank you, my friend. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. So the closer you get to him, the bigger he gets. The closer you get to him, the more precious he gets. The closer you get to him, the more you love him. The closer you get to him, the letting you see how frail you are and how weak you are and how insignificant you are and how much you need him. So for the glory of this latter house, we must lay in these altars, in our home altars, and we must decrease till he increases. We, we have a generation. They want to preach like him. They want to prophesy like him. They want to work miracles like him. But they don't want to forgive like him. They don't want to love like him. They want to punch Judas in the nose and not say, I know you hate me. Whatever you do, just go ahead and do it. I know who I am, and I'm going to keep doing what I'm called to do. They're, they're, they're always wanting to fight with the Peters that don't agree with them at that moment. But somebody's got to stand up and just say, put your sword up. We, we got to win the loss. We got to, we, we, we got, we got to, the whole creation groaneth travaileth together until now for the manifestation of the sons of God. But in, in Romans 8, Paul goes all the way back to Adam. And he, and he said, the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly. And Adam's that creature. And Adam's standing there saying, I've got the nature of God and the character of God. And I've got the love of God. And I understand I'm a type of, of Christ that's got to come. And I've got to love this bride more than I love myself. Because Jesus is coming. He's going to love his bride. But Adam's saying, God, don't subject me to this. Don't make me choose between you and Eve. Don't make me make this. This creature is made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who had subject hope inside of him. Hallelujah. And Adam standing there and said, I want God, but I want Eve. If I step down to Eve, I got to walk away from God. If I stay with God, Eve's going to die. And God will take another rib and give me I don't want another bride. I want that bride. Jesus stood there in the garden 2,000 years ago and he said, I want that bride. I know she messed up, but I want her. I know, I know she's not done right, but I want her. And the only way I can have her, I got to step from life and to death. I've got to walk away from angels crying holy, holy, holy. Yeah, they killed a little four-legged lamb in the temple over and over and over. I mean, but they never had a man who could stand there and say, thy sins be forgiven thee. They didn't know what it was for God to be in humanity reconciling the world back. Oh, somebody ought to give him a praise in this house. The glory of the latter house. Matthew 12, 3. But he said on them, Have you not read what David did when he was a hunger and they were with him, how he entered into the house of God, the formal house, and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them that were with him, but only for the priest? Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath day the priest in the temple profaned the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. That settles it right there. In this place, there is one greater. That's formal. This is latter. That was great. This is greater. 
Anybody hear that now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This nails it down right here. That was great. Jesus said, I'm greater. Hallelujah. 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 Numbers 1646. And Moses said on the iron, take a censer and put fire thereon off the altar and put on incense and go quickly into the congregation and make atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord and the plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded and run into the midst of the congregation. Behold, the plague was begun among the people and he put on the incense and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stayed. He stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stayed. When Jesus was on that cross, he stood between life and death and the plague of sin was stayed. I wish somebody could hear what I'm preaching right now. Hallelujah. All the old order could stop was the natural, but Jesus stopped the eternal. Hallelujah. All the old priest could do was stop a plague, but Jesus is greater than sin. Hallelujah. Come on to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I don't care if you're murder. I'll give you rest. I don't care where you've done, where you've been, who up bed you've laid in. Come on to me, and I'll give you rest. Come on to me, and I'll give you a new start and a fresh beginning. Jesus stood between death and life, Hebrews 7, 22. But so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And now they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. Their, their priesthood would end because of death. But this man, because he continually ever hath an unchangeable priesthood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Their priesthood would last a few years. Jesus has an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come on to God by him. See if he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. Hallelujah. The first temple took 46 years to build. The last temple took three days. And Jesus answered said on them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. How somebody ought to praise him out loud. Hallelujah. I destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, will thou raise it up? But he spake of the temple of his body. Hallelujah. The latter house was greater than the formal house. The latter house was greater than the formal house. We, we had Aaron. We go through the priesthood. We had our different high priest. Hebrews 7.23, And if they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death, but this man, because he continued, ever hath an unchangeable priesthood. Hallelujah. 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 You swear the wind, are you sure he was a high priest? They come, they come to the sepulcher where he's laid. But Murray stood, John 20 and 11. Put this up, daughter. John 20 and 11. But Murray stood outside at the sepulcher, weeping, and as she wept, she scooped down, stooped down and looked. Go to the next one. And saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. When she had thus said, she turned around and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Watch this. 
Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She supposed, she supposed him to be the gardener. Said unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou have laid him, and I'll take him away. Tell me where you put him, and I'll take him away. Jesus said unto her, Murray, she turned herself, said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, Master, when he said, Murray, she recognized him. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not. You got to get a hold of this. Touch me not. Don't you touch me. Don't you touch me. John, you and Hannah help me preach this. You stand there and be, be Jesus. Now, Murray's, she's walking up and she's reaching for him. No, no, you can't touch him. Yeah, yeah, you're reaching for him. And he stops. He said, don't touch me. This, this bothered me for a while. This is my shepherd. This is my shepherd that'll pick a bleeding lamb up. This is my shepherd that'll go to a little woman all nasty and said, neither do I condemn thee. This is a woman that'll walk into a death parlor and say, get up. And, and of all the thousands forgot him, this woman came when he's gone. Why didn't he reach out? This is my daughter-in-law. Why didn't he reach out and hug her neck and say, thank you for being here? Instead, he tells her, don't touch me. And, and less than before the chapter's over, he's telling, come here. Cross hurry, come here. Before the chapter's over, he's telling Thomas, touch my hand. But you put it in my side here. But he won't let this woman touch him, but he tells Thomas a few verses later he can touch him. Why is Jesus doing that? What, what's going on here? Thank you, son. Can, can I tell you what's going on here? When, he, when he's going to Thomas, he's a shepherd. But right now, he just died. And in some type of container, and I, I, I prayed, I thought a lot about this, there's this precious blood. And Murray walks up and he says, Now, Murray, I do love you. I'm your shepherd. I'm your healer. But right now, I'm your high priest. And I'm fixing to ascend into the heavens. You read careful, he's gone for eight days. He said, I'm fixing to sin into the heaven. And I can't go behind that veil with one drop of flesh on me or I can't come out. So right now I'm not your shepherd. I'm your high priest. Hallelujah. So don't you touch me till I get back. Hallelujah. Because I got to go sprinkle my blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aaron did it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He goes and he lists name after priest after priest after priest. He said they had to go back every year and sprinkle blood. He said it's going to be finished. They'll never have to sprinkle blood again. It's not going to be nothing anymore. I'm fixing to send into the heavens. I'm going to walk into the throne room where the angels are crying holy, holy, holy and I'm going to sprinkle my own blood on the altar that whosoever will, let them come. Let them come. Let them come. I mean, that's the reason the glory of the latter house was greater than the formal house. I mean, the high priest had never experienced total forgiveness, eternity for sin. But Jesus said, I'm going to be the high priest forever. I'm I'm going to be your high priest forever. I'm going to be your high priest forever. The glory of the latter house is greater than the formal. Hug that girl. Don't touch me. I'm your high priest. They weren't even allowed to sweat behind the veil. They had to wear certain types of linen. They weren't, they weren't allowed to be a speck of dust. Some of this is Jewish history. The old, the, old, the old Jews wrote some of this. You can read some of it in Josephus. You can read over. I just like what the Bible says. But some of the old writers said that they had rings, or excuse me, bells around the bottom of their garments. Because they were just men. 
And some of the old writings said that they had a rope on their feet, on their ankle. When they walked behind that veil. When they walked behind that veil. History says, history says that that veil, that it was about 16 inches thick. That they would pull it with oxen. To make sure there was no light could shine through it. Because they didn't want nothing back there except the Shekinah glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. They didn't want no flesh to glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the reason. That's the reason. When Jesus died at Calvary, that, that big strong veil that ox couldn't pull into, that's the reason it didn't rent from the bottom to the top. It went from the top to the bottom. It wasn't a work of man. It was a work of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God. Hallelujah. God was ripping the veil open to the holy place. He said, no longer can just one man come here, but whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever wants to see my glory, let him come. Whosoever wants to know me, let him come. Whosoever allowed me to reveal themselves to, let him come. Whoever desires more of me, let him come. Whoever will be sanctified can come into my glory. So the glory, and he stood there, he said, I'm your high priest. You can't touch me. If you touch me, you'll pollute the sacrifice before it's sprinkled on the altar. But I'm going to ascend. ascend. Touch me not for I have. Here it is. Touch me not for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brother and say unto them, I send to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. He literally, literally, literally left the earth realm when he came out. Oh, this is good to think about. All these funerals he had when he came out. When, when Lazarus arose, Lazarus come forth. When Lazarus came forth, he didn't have a glorified body. He had a resurrected flesh body. Lazarus couldn't walk through walls. He couldn't ascend and descend. But when Jesus came out, he had a glorified body. He could, he could eat a piece of fish and he could walk into a room and not open a door. You find, and the door being closed. He could ascend and descend. He had a glorified body. That's what Jacob saw when he hit his own pillow. He saw that ladder. He saw him ascending and descending into the heavens. For now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. As we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. I somebody to praise him out loud. Somebody, I know the devil's fighting, but the best is ahead. I know times are dark, but the best is ahead. I know, I know there's chaos all around us, but the best is ahead. Hallelujah, hallelujah, this same Jesus, hallelujah. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Would you stand to your feet as you come back to the music and would you lift your little hands? Say, I want more of you, Jesus. I just don't want a born-again experience. I just don't want a repentance experience. I want this Christ to live inside of me. I want this Christ to be revealed inside of me. I want the presence of Jesus. I, I want to walk and love like Jesus. I want to reach like Jesus. I want a burden like Jesus.
yesterday after the funeral, a little 15-year-old girl, it was so sad. And I said, babe, I don't want to just go back home with this, this sadness. Let's walk to a store, do something. And we, we went to Outback. And if you're going to try it, you got two more days and it's gone. But they got a blooming onion. They pile fries on top of that. They pile cheese on top of that. And five ounces of cut-up steak on top of that. And it's only $12. And so we, we got us one of those, we eat that. They got a thing going at Outback. Every third trip, you, they put your cell phone number in. Every third trip, when they put it in, you'll get something high price. So she and I go a lot and eat their soup and salad at lunch. It's just $7. Third trip, you can get something. So we went in and I told her, I said, babe, don't let me forget to tell her. And I, and I forgot. So I took Sheila over to, to Hobby Lobby. And I said, I'm going back to to uh, to Outback, and I went in, and the manager was just, she was just too kind. I said, ma'am, I was in here 45 minutes ago, and and I said, I forgot. She said, oh, give me your phone number. I'll take care of it. She's going to take me three minutes. Well, I'm standing here in the lobby of Outback, and I thought, what can I do for two minutes? And then I knew why I forgot. I looked over behind that the little hostess or the little receptionist there, probably about 19 years old. I just stepped toward her and I said, ma'am, how are you and Jesus doing? She said, what? I said, how are you and Jesus doing? In a second of time, tears running down her face. Well, sir, I got hurt in church and I don't think about him and I don't pray no more and I got no desire to go to church. I've been hurt two years ago, ain't been around church. And I told her my story. I said, I thought I was here to get these little points. I said, that point ain't no big deal, but you're a big deal. I ain't come back for a point. I come to tell you he misses you. Well, here we are in, in Outback Lobby in Oak Ridge, and she's crying, I'm crying. And she said, well, if I could find somebody online to start listening to, I think he could heal me and I could get back to the Lord. I said, what do you mean? She said, somebody's got their services online on Facebook or YouTube. I said, daughter, the Lord really sent me here. I said, one of our services online. She got a paper. She said, you write it down. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands up and touch her right now? Friend, our life, our life ought to be about others. 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 Jesus is on the cross dying. But he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about, sure, one on one side's mocking and scorning. Sure, one's making fun of him. If you live for God long enough, you'll be made fun of. You'll get hurt. You'll get used. But somewhere, there's somebody on the other side. Can you help me? Can you give me any hope? Can you help me get back to God? Can you help me find my answer? I wish you'd slip your hands up and say, God, use me to help somebody. That's what Christ in you is. It's not just about going to church and shouting. It's helping somebody. It's living a life that will give glory to him. It's lifting Jesus up in such a way that somebody else would want what you've got. It's presenting Jesus in such a way that your light would so shine and give glory to him. It's treating people in such a way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Would somebody slip out of your seat and come and stand or kneel in these altars and say, I, I want more of you, Jesus. I want to get closer to you. I can't be satisfied where I am. You're meeting too many hurting people. I have a word for somebody. Hard as I'm preaching, trying my best to help somebody. Enemies talking to your mind. God can never use you. You're going through too much. You're facing too much. You're too broken. You're too hurt. Your load's too heavy. 
you got to understand your anointing don't come out of your flesh or your circumstance. It comes out of your heart and your relationship with the Lord. Jesus is dying on the cross. He has to die. He don't get to help himself, but that one beside him. He said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Joseph is in the dungeon. He don't get a dream to help himself, but he interprets a dream to help two others. One of them's going to be restored. One of them's going to be beheaded. You're, 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 <coughs> your gift will work when you're broken. Your gift will work when you're hurting. God can use you when you're in a hard place. God can use you when your storm's raging. Would you bow your head and would you ask him, Lord, I want you to use me. I want you to Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory of the latter house, Christ in you. The I glory. see the cloud. I step in. Some of you young folk come pray with Michael. I want to see your glory like Moses did. 